This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, March 23rd, 2021. I'm Caleb Brown. For California to recover fully from this pandemic and to do so in such a way that new prosperity is broadly shared, the state will have to deal with several underlying problems. Cato's Michael Tanner heads our project on poverty and inequality in California. We spoke last week. People uh, who aren't familiar with the statistics on poverty in the United States would be sort of shocked and alarmed to uh, hear how uh, stark the the uh, the poverty situation is in California. Why is poverty in California so different and more pronounced than it is elsewhere? It is pretty amazing that if you take a state like California, which has such pockets of vast wealth, that has an extensive social safety net, that has economic growth, it still has the highest poverty rate in the nation. I mean, it, it is more, there's more people living in poverty in California uh, measured that way than, say, in Mississippi, which is where you'd expect it. Uh, the reason California has so much poverty, I think, is twofold. One is simply a statistical question, the fact that it costs a lot to live in California. The high cost of housing, the high cost of food, uh, the high cost of utilities. All that means that money simply doesn't go as far. Somebody living on the same amount of money in another state would uh, probably not be in poverty. But you can make thirty, forty thousand dollars a year in California and still not be able to afford the basic necessities uh, of going forward. So that that makes a huge difference. In fact, if you look at the two different types of poverty rate, the official Census Bureau numbers puts po- puts poverty in California much lower than the alternative measure, which is what everybody uses that takes into account the cost of living. The second unusual thing is that California has basically pursued most of the traditional anti-poverty ideas. Uh, I mean, essentially, it has a very extensive safety net. It provides fairly generous social welfare benefits, and yet it still has high rates of poverty, high rates of homelessness, uh, enormous rates of inequality. It is the fourth most unequal state in the nation, despite the fact that uh, it professes to pursue uh, pro-equality uh, pro-equity uh, policies. Now, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, if you if you lived in, say, uh, Kentucky or uh, another largely rural state, um, thirty to forty thousand dollars would you you can get an apartment, you can uh, buy groceries, you can uh, you can function uh, in in society in California. If uh, if you're making that amount of money and somehow you lose your apartment, you might be instantly homeless. Well, that's right. I mean, if you simply look at the fact that the average cost of a one-bedroom apartment in California is higher than the poverty rate, uh, the poverty level uh, in the United States. So essentially, if you're poor, you've got a real problem trying to get by in California that you may not have someplace else. So uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, of course, California had it has a lot of its own special regulations that have made it made that uh, illness and that virus more of a problem for uh, a lot of people after COVID. What can California do to ramp back up and make itself, uh, you know, a, a much more welcoming state to people of moderate means? Well, one of the interesting things about the pandemic was that it exposed the fault lines that existed previously. The problems that existed in a state uh, were more visible and in some cases made worse. And this is absolutely true in California. So if you look at the failures in California, for example, the housing problem uh, and, and the problem with homelessness in the state, 
only became worse once the pandemic hit uh, with all the public health problems that that presented. Uh, the criminal justice system, the fact that so many people were in jail in California, uh, it highlighted that as, as the pandemic raged through jails and prisons. Uh, it, the education system, the fact is edu- uh, California is still at the bottom of the 50 states in terms of getting children back to school, uh, that its education system has been basically a failure for uh, years. Uh, and yet, and all these sort of things were highlighted by the pandemic. So any sort of effort to get climb out can't go back to the status quo. What it needs to do is ultimately fix all of these problems along the way. And, uh, you know, housing is such a critical component of, uh, having a decent life. Um, it's one of those baseline things that people need in order to, to get by. And, uh, California has pursued a lot of policies that make, uh, housing vastly, uh, more expensive. I think it's worth probably reiterating some of the things that have contributed to the extraordinarily high cost of housing in California. Yeah, California should make NIMBY or not in my backyard its official slogan. I mean, because that is essentially the housing policies they pursued. Uh, in most major cities, particularly along the coast, uh, two thirds or more of all the residential land is zoned only for single family housing, uh, which, uh, you know, limits significantly whether or not you can build new apartments, new housing that's available in those areas. It's basically, it's a simple supply and demand problem. If you're going to limit the supply at the same time demand for housing is increasing, you're going to find the cost of housing goes through the roof. This one is uh, kind of economics 101, but essentially the same people who decry the plight of the homeless and talk about the heartless conservatives, heartless libertarians who don't want uh, to help the poor uh, are the first to say, well, don't help them in my neighborhood. Uh, we certainly don't want a homeless shelter built near my apartment. We don't want... Uh, to allow multifamily housing in my upscale neighborhood. Uh, you find Robert Reich uh, actually uh, demanding that the Berkeley City Council block housing near, uh, near his home. So you find a lot of problems there. If there were uh, the, the big fat target for uh, making an adjustment that would give the average person and lower income people in California a leg up in terms of participating meaningfully in, in the economy and uh, having a life uh, you know, free of the, uh, the kinds of stresses that uh, low income people uh, more often face, what would it be? Well, I think there's three or four things that we should do immediately. Number one is the fact that coming out of COVID, labor mobility is going to have to be essential. People, uh, especially low-income people who worked in uh, the type of jobs that were most apt to be to be gone as a result of COVID are not necessarily going to get those jobs back. Not all the uh, hospitality industry jobs and tourist industry jobs are going to return, at least not quickly. People need to be able to find new jobs. And yet California has some of the strictest occupational licensing laws in the nation that block people from moving into into new jobs. It's estimated that as many as 200,000 jobs a year in California are lost uh, because of occupational licensing, not to mention billions of dollars in, in misallocated spending that, that goes there. So we should definitely be looking at reviewing occupational licensing laws and getting rid of all of those that aren't strictly necessary for health and safety, which is most of them. Second, we need to deal with the housing issue that we've talked about earlier. You've got to deal with the fact that you've got to open up zoning laws. You've got to deal with the fact that there's such a long regulatory process that it adds tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars to the cost of a new apartment as you jump through hoop after hoop of, of trying to get approvals. The California Environmental Quality Act has become little more than a uh, 
than a boondoggle for the well-connected. It has very little to do with protecting the environment, has a lot to do with protecting people's uh, housing investments uh, out there now. And uh, and third, I would say we've got to fix the California education system. The, essentially, the, the public schools have largely failed, and yet the state has very little school choice program. It continues to penalize in its funding formula charter schools. Uh, it, it is basically operated for the benefit of the California teachers unions, and something really needs to be done about that. I've been telling everyone that throughout this pandemic that pretty much everybody's got to take a haircut. And um, whether that's financially or having to be more tolerant of certain things that you were you could afford to be less tolerant of in the future. So when it comes to government in California, when it comes to regulating in California, what's the haircut? Well, we should recognize that COVID has not been an equal opportunity punisher. Look, we've all suffered. We've all uh, lost uh, people we know to the, to the disease. We've suffered inconveniences ourselves. Uh, we, we've had lockdowns. Our businesses have, have suffered. Uh, there's been all sorts of problems. But frankly, the low-income low people have suffered the most. Uh, they are most likely to work in the type of jobs that uh, were shut down. Uh, they had the ability to transfer to work from home was much less. There's uh, studies out there that shows that about between the quarter and half of people in white collar jobs were able to simply move there to work from home. But if you were a waiter, waitress, whatever, it's negligible. I mean, the, but less than 1% of uh, people in the lowest 10% of incomes were able to move to work from home. Uh, they are have less savings so that if they lost their jobs or were unemployed, they were more likely to get hit, you know, to find it difficult to sort of muddle through until the jobs came back. Uh, and they were more likely to work in type of jobs that exposed them, uh, frankly, to, to catching the, the, the catching COVID. So for all of those reasons, as we begin to rebuild the economy, both in the United States and in California, we really should be making efforts to see that those communities are receive special targeting. We've, we're going to have to make sure that we don't leave them behind. It's not enough to say, okay, let's let the tech industries you know, come back. But if you're in the hospitality industry, you're out of luck. We're going to have to look at, a, at who is impacted by these measures and what we do about them. Michael Tanner heads Cato's Project on Poverty and Inequality in California. If you're a teacher or an administrator, apply now for Sphere Summit, Teaching Civic Culture Together. Sphere Summit is a full scholarship professional development program for educators of grades 5 through 12. The summit will explore civil, constructive, and respectful discourse in the classroom. Visit cato.org sphere to learn more.